Welcome to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. Our mission is to connect the past and the present NICU mom by bringing them out of isolation and into a sisterhood of women who can stand alongside each other as we heal and grow both in and out of the NICU. Our hope is that through interviews with trauma-informed medical and maternal mental health experts and vulnerable stories from NICU mamas themselves, that you would feel connected to the Dear NICU Mama Sisterhood around the world. So, whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago, or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Hi, mamas, and welcome back to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. It's your host, Martha and Ashley. Oh, <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. What it's a been, time to be alive. It is. What a, what a month we've had. What a season. And we're barely into cold season, so I, I don't know. even know what to think about that. I thought you were going to say, and we're barely alive. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like That's that, true. too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Truthfully, we were just talking, and I feel... I was, you were saying, oh, you know, is this, is it a good place? Cause you're such a kind friend and a partner to be like, are you in a good place to do this? And I was thinking about it and actually I feel like this is good. I feel like for this episode in particular to be at a place of like rawness and realness is probably good. Yes. Absolutely. Amen. Believe it or not, we are not fully healed. You guys, can you believe <laughs> that? <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's like that, uh, there's like an a, a old like Japanese um, kind of like metaphor, and it's like a circle, right? So the circle gets bigger as you get old, as you get older, right? And the more you know, the circle gets bigger, right? That's a circle. But the line also gets bigger, and the line represents what you don't know. So it's like you can never catch up. Wow, that's really encouraging. Aren't you guys glad you took that Japanese studies course in college? I never know where you're going to go with these random facts, but I'm always glad you share them. So thank you so much. LOL. Well, you might be thinking, why are these two talking and they've not introduced a guest yet? And today, um, we're actually going to do something a little bit different, and it's just going to be the two of us chatting. Oh, and Opal, because here she comes. Here comes Opalina. Do you hear that panting right now? (laughs) Opal mom is busy. Well, friends, it's no secret that this time of year is already a lot on anybody who hasn't endured trauma in some form or way. Um, But me and you both have some big dates coming up, especially you, my friend. And so for this episode, we wanted to really um, talk a little bit about anniversaries, talk about big moments, birthdays, holidays, all of that. And we know for many of us listening, anniversaries, those big dates are can be really triggering in a lot of ways. Um, sometimes the buildup of the anniversaries are harder than the day themselves, but just as tiring emotionally. Um, as you kind of relive a lot of things. And Martha and I text each other back and forth a lot of, time hop, show me another pregnancy picture. How dare they show me that picture today? Um, So there's just kind of these constant reminders of moments leading up to big days as well. And then on top of that, we're in the holiday season. And we just got over a big holiday. We're entering another really big holiday season. And so there's just a lot that comes with that. And then if you live where we live in the Midwest, it's dark by like 4 p.m. So that's oh great too. So yeah. it doesn't help. So 
we wanted to just kind of take this episode to share a little bit about how we personally um, navigate and process holidays and big dates, but really just kind of have a candid conversation of of where we're at with those two. So um, I don't know where yeah. you feel like a good place to start is, Martha, but that's kind of what I... I thought of for this episode today well maybe we can jump in I mean like you alluded to like the time hops you know how we all have these great smartphones that are like three years ago you took a picture of your bad lunch you know what I mean yeah Um, (laughs) but you we were just texting yes you know the other day and or talking on the phone I can't remember it's all the same we are a constant communication (laughs) but you brought up you brought up that this is the time of year that you start getting those memories about your pregnancy with Silas and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you feel this way, but maybe you can talk a little bit about it, about how those things hit you when you're in the middle of like the busyness of life, like how you mm-hmm. approach those or how they make you feel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's unique too, because because this time of year is so busy and yeah. it feels like there's really no extra brain space to think about anything else, let alone like what's for supper or you know how you're gonna get the next moment yeah you get these reminders on your phone and you're like oh yeah this is what was going on however many years ago Mm -hmm. um and so for me personally um silas turns three in january which is bonkers so crazy we also Mm -hmm. just started potty training Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. crazy um in december he graduates from early intervention services And so I feel like there are just, like, three really big milestones that are all happening within the same, like, three-month period. And then, um, you know, I'm getting time hop reminders on my phone of pregnancy. And, in fact, just yesterday I got a reminder on Facebook of when we posted the last, like, maternity. I took like a couple maternity photos with Ryan before little did not know that we'd be delivering early, but I just felt pretty one day. And so I put on a dress and we took some pictures, but those were the only like real maternity Mm. photos that we had. And so I got a reminder of those and I was like, oh yeah, like Mm. I was super pregnant at this time, you know, um, three years ago. And so, so yeah, there's three big milestones coming up during the holiday season, which already feels bonkers and my parents are divorced and so you know even to go to the holidays it's like you're juggling a bunch of schedules and you're trying to fit it all in and and also finish work and other life things you have and so um yeah it's it's it feels like a lot of brain space and it doesn't really feel like there's much more for anything else (laughs) you know a lot you know this time of year I um what was that book that you read that you shared that great quote with me about um, the feeling of, like, numbness? Right? Oh, yes. I'm trying to remember what that was because now have, I'm, like – You should talk to, to someone. Is that it? Or have you talked to yes. someone? You should – Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that's what it was. I can't uh, – that book, I used – I remember it, it affected you greatly. But one of the things you – that's, like, a quote from the book is – like feeling of numbness isn't like the absence of feeling, but it's actually having too many emotions at once. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's how you feel, but like I, I feel often at this time of year, like I'm just like going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Like my body yeah. is completely separated from myself in a lot of ways, which is like dissociating for sure. Yeah. But like you said, there's just not any extra. I don't even have one extra brain cell, one extra brain mm-hmm. cell to do anything like my dish my sink is full of dishes 
Mm-hmm. We moved like almost six months ago and our house is like trashed still, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that environment plus all the other stuff that comes with toddler life, like sleep regressions or maybe you have kids in school and stuff like that. And then you add the holidays on top of it and holy guacamole, it's just like, it's so much. Um, mm-hmm. I, Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Well, and what did you – you sent me something about, like, disassociation. I think it was a quote that you found on Instagram or something This is like funny because people are getting a glimpse into our re- relationship, which is just sending each other memes back and forth. <laughs> some of them are really, like, stupid, and some of them are, like, very deep. And some we never know which one's coming. <laughs> did I send you the one of the guinea pig who ate the girl's bangs off? <laughs> no. Okay, I'll send it to you later. Can't wait. Um but but yeah, I can't I can't remember which one that was either the dissociation one. Um, I know there was a huge thing that's come out recently that's about this other thing that we're all going through, which is like pandemic brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the really hard thing, especially if you are NICU parent and you had your delivery either just before the pandemic or your um, isolation period then just like led right into the pandemic or you you delivered during the pandemic um i just feel like it never lets up like that's mm-hmm. really hard yeah. um and uh and and then also at the same time we all forget about it so all the time on our on the on the private facebook group and with each other we're like i'm struggling right now and i don't understand why like what's mm-hmm. the problem why can't i get over this and I think as humans and people, um, we're very quick to dismiss our own experiences that are like legitimate trauma and say, well, that's not a big deal, right? But maybe maybe by itself it's not a big deal, but it's all the things piled up that are just mm-hmm. really, really tough. Um, well, and I don't know about you, but I think what makes the holidays extra challenging these past couple of years is – you know, we talk all the time about trauma and, like, safety in the body, yes. feeling safe around community, feeling safe around leaving your house, being around people. Yeah. And I think it's this constant juggle of, like, do I feel safe with these people right now? Do I feel like they're taking this seriously? And then when that safety is disrupted, you feel, like, additionally triggered and you just, like, can't figure out, like, what's anxiety? What's my trauma? What's going right. on in here? And it's, like, it's really hard to get a good grip on what you're actually experiencing because you just you don't feel safe yeah i mean that's just really the corner of it there and i think and i I know it's it's kind of overwhelming to like talk about it and hear it aloud i think the the hope of it right is that you then have to you are, are need to be vigilant about making yourself feel safe like making that the priority mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um yeah. that that there's another thing we should all be hyper vigilant about but the mm-hmm. fact that you know like the at baseline you have to feel safe in order to be a good parent to be a good spouse to be a good family member you know daughter sister all of those things mm-hmm. um and and that's really hard to do because we're all very used to putting ourselves like at the very very end of the pipeline mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. emotional and physical resources you know yeah that's definitely. tough 
Well, and for this episode, um, you know, both of us are, I mean, you're six years from Mm -hmm. the epicenter of your trauma with JJ, three years, I'm three years. Yeah. Um, And so I wonder if we could both just share a little bit about how processing these big dates and anniversaries have changed over the years, if they feel just as tender, if they feel any softer, you know, what has helped, what what um hasn't helped maybe what we thought would help but really didn't help um and we're and where we're at with processing those today so um I don't know if you want to start with sweet JP yeah yeah so JP is uh, sorry Mm-hmm. JP's birthday is on um, December 18th, so he was born a week before Christmas in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you can all hear, like, it's hitting me really hard this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, the thing about JP, is, the grief around JP is, um, and the trauma that I experience is that it is, it is um, so different all the time. And I really, early on, really hoped that it would, um, you know, I'd find some sort of elevated point of healing, you know, down the road. And and that's that's not realistic, you know, in terms of what life is like. I mean, that's one of the things we really lean into is that healing is lifelong, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a straight line. It's a mountain. You go up, you go down, right? Um And there's some years where I have felt so solid, like very solid and in a great place. I also felt like I had a lot of space to, to grieve the way I wanted to grieve. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and to hold space for, for those feelings. And then some years I didn't, you know, cause I was actively getting pregnant with JJ or I was pregnant with JJ. Right. Um, or I was surrounded by people who could or could not give me space. So I guess all all this to say is there's so many variables that mm-hmm. contribute to how I feel about it at any given moment. And then especially as we go into the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, like the first year, um, you know, I, I, to be really real with people, I, I didn't work for, for like six months. Um, because I really wasn't physically able to, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and getting out of bed was a challenge. Um, and I only say that because to show that, you know, you, you can experience that and then also have a very productive and, and you know, a good and positive, joyful life in other ways, too. But it's it was hard to come back from. Mm-hmm. So the more that I've worked on myself and the more that I've spent time with, with doctors and, and therapists, the more I realize that, um, something big like that takes a long time to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about our conversations with Jamie Mattern, right. Mm-hmm. And how her kids are like almost 20 years out of the NICU. Right. And it's kind of cool because the more she grows as a woman, there's different little nuggets mm-hmm. of her experience that have opened for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still really challenging to talk about. I, mm-hmm. I'm really tired this year in a mm-hmm. physical sense and then also emotional sense. I'm really tired. I'm just mm-hmm. tired. And so that, that affects it all too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so sometimes, you know, I, I, we, we had him come back in California and, um, we live in the Midwest now, but when we, we've gone back to visit California, like dozens and dozens of times 
And sometimes it'll never, it doesn't even occur to me while we're there. Like it doesn't hit my body. Um, but we went recently in November for Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, it was like very, it, I mean, I, I called Ashley, I called my friends, my support system because I was kind of beside myself. I was really Mm -hmm. struggling. Mm -hmm. I didn't anticipate it at all. I think that's the frustrating thing about trauma being part of your body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Trauma isn't thoughts. It's like lives in your body. So I, Mm -hmm. there's no way I can anticipate it, right? Mm -hmm. Coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess just to say that if you're still six months, six years out, right? And it's, it's hits you in different places. That's okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw, there was like a really great, um, interview with the actor Andrew Garfield on a late night show recently mm-hmm. and his mom died and so uh he was talking about it and he said some really beautiful things but the biggest thing he said that I think resonate with a lot of people is that I hope it never leaves me mm-hmm. because that grief is um represents all the unrepresented and un uh the unconditional love that we experience with that person mm-hmm right it's the yeah. thing that lasts it's it's the lasting represent representation of our love for that person mm-hmm. um and that's how i feel about it with jp too you know mm-hmm. oh man it really it really hurts though sometimes yeah absolutely <laughs> it just bites sometimes it just sucks and yeah yeah and also now jj's like saying stuff about him like mm-hmm. she gets it more and that's like a whole other wave of like grief that i wasn't anticipating too right right like yeah. she's she's starting to recognize his absence, right? Mm. I remember even the first time she asked me, like, "Where it? Where is he? Mm. I mean, where do you even begin? How do you even begin to answer <laughs> that question? You know what I mean?" Mm-hmm. Um, or I told I told Ashley this story, but we went to visit the hospital where GP was born, and um, we talked to her about it, and we showed her. We said, "That's the room where mommy had JP. That's where he was born." Um, you know, so we come here to kind of visit him and remember him. And she, she asked, um, she saw the people coming in through the front door. We were just sitting in our car and she said, well, who are all these people? She's like, are they all going to go see JP too? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the realization that there's still so much to process with her too. Mm-hmm. And yet at a core sense, she gets it right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. It's incredibly overwhelming. And like I said, I'm tired. <laughs> I've just, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. Well, um, and I, and I just want to say, um, you, you give a lot of other people space on this podcast to share so vulnerably. And I just want to know, I want you to know like how much of a gift it is really that you're sharing as much as you are, because I know to open these parts of yourself, it's really painful and it's really tiring and it takes a lot out of you. And so, as your co-host but also just as a listener of this podcast I hope we just never forget just the honor it is to even get to hear these parts of your heart because it takes a lot to give them and to share them and as your friend um I'm just always in awe of the way that you continue to honor his life and it's really special and heartbreaking to see the way that JJ understands and um is picking up on it but really I'm just you do such a beautiful job of remembering him and making him a very, very vital part of your family. And I just think it was really, really brave to even drive by the hospital this past weekend. So close to his birthday, too. I mean, that's that's a lot. 
And yeah. so it's just, it's an honor to know these pieces of your heart and to get to know him through you. Um, and I wonder if you would share, you know, how, how do you process the holidays around such a significant day with JP's birthday? Um, and especially yeah. now having a toddler who like loves the magic of the holidays. So you have, right. you know, so I mean, what yeah. is that like for you and how do you, how do you celebrate and also grieve, you know, at our recent event, Parija talked about holding both. Yeah. Um, you know, how does that look for you? Well, um, first of all, thanks for saying such sweet words. And I think one of the saddest things about my friendship with you is that we didn't know each other so that you could have met him. Mm-hmm. And that we could have been together for that. Mm-hmm. And I know you get to know him through our conversations, but oh, I just wish I wish I could have had more people I love hold him. Hmm. Or talk to him. So that thought just came to me and I wanted to say it and I wanted to be on the record. So that's all. Oh. <laughs> um, and I love you. Um, so, you know, we, we, we do a lot of things to remember him. And we started them early on, even when we, even when we didn't really feel like it, you know, my parents always get a book about Christmas for JP. So we how have six years of books that are for mm-hmm. him that JJ can have, you know. So we try to do things that are developmentally appropriate for her. Um, you know, there is something incredibly beautiful and also sad about losing someone at the holidays because mm-hmm. it's just like that is you spend time with people you love during the holidays right so that happens but i i remember the the christmas story like the christian nativity story being really powerful for me right mm. like the idea of a tiny tiny baby that changes the world mm. because for us you know jp changed our world and mm. he changed i saw how the nurses were affected i i it felt earth shattering mm. And so that was, that was really beautiful too, I think, mm. to keep in mind. And then honestly, you know, part of it is just doing whatever we want to do. I, mm-hmm. as you become more of a parent and as you become, you, you know, your nuclear family gets further away from like your family as a, you were as a child, right? The more comfortable I am setting boundaries of this is what I want to do and this is what I don't want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I... I wasn't very good when when JP had just been born. I wasn't very good about saying what I needed um, because I didn't feel safe to do so. But I'm mm-hmm. stronger now. And mm-hmm. so when I don't want to – when something is uncomfortable for me or more importantly, when I hold back talking about him, I should say, when it makes other people feel uncomfortable, um, I've, I've just stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't care, you know. I think that that is really powerful too. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm not like walking on the streets with a megaphone being like, my baby died. But I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. but um, there are certain people in our lives who would rather forget about it because mm-hmm. that's more, that's less painful for them. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not about to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. everybody watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, I mean, those are the things that, that we do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I... Uh, I don't know. We're still figuring it out too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But. 
I don't know. You're you're a great listener too, and I think that, like you said, we hold space for each other, on the for as as friends, um, and that's important as well. Like having mm-hmm. those good friendships to lean on, the support system to lean on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about it too, but like this potty training thing. <laughs> first of all, I might not be like we haven't like even addressed it because like I'm like I can't like right. I don't have space to do it. <laughs> it's so but, much. Like, how I know you talked about some moments that it like really broke you at some level. <sighs> yeah. Did that like how did that fit into like all of the like emotions of stuff? Because I remember too, you had to deep clean your whole house a couple yeah. of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we had a lice exposure, um, and so we like had to deep clean, and it was kind of crazy. But it was it was also you know really interesting because so it was from my niece she got lice at school and she was over and so we kind of had to deep clean his room and so of course I'm going through his closet and I come across all of his NICU stuff yeah. which is like interesting timing being that in just a month or so he will would have been born you know on that day yeah. and so I was kind of confronted all with all of it but. You know, one thing that I plan to do this year for his um, three-year birthday is, is um, I actually, after I found all his stuff, I realized I've never really done anything with, like, the scrapbook images from the NICU. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. have them in a bin that I would pull out once every birthday and stuff. And so I went to Hobby Lobby and I got, like, an actual scrapbook. And so I'm going to put them in the oh book. Gosh. And yeah, I'm going to really, great. like, give myself the space to, like, really go through everything and, and st- put it away really nicely. And maybe even show Silas some pictures of himself yeah. and the NICU and stuff. And then I'm actually going to do his baby book this year. Oh, my God. Um, and I had gotten this baby book when I was pregnant. And it just, like, I never felt like I had the energy or the time or space to do it. It was just, like, a lot. But... I feel like I can do it this year, and so I'm actually yeah. I'm I'm nervous, but I'm also excited to like go through and really reflect because now I feel like I've done some healing to be able to do so. Yes, but yes. I just couldn't have done that these past two years, and so um, I'm excited to do it. But it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, potty training is wild, man. It's <laughs> it's like a trip because you know on one end you're. You have no idea what you're signing yourself up for when you start potty training. You're like, okay, like, this could go a billion other ways. And with a boy, you just, like, don't know, like, where is the pee going to go? Like, did I have pee all over my pants this morning? Absolutely. Did I still wear the pants? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, yes. like, it's just I love what it, it is. Um, But I remember, like, we kind of prepped the night before. And we were like, okay, Silas, tomorrow we're not going to wear diapers. And we're going to be a big boy. And, you know, and I remember, like, putting on his final diaper, and I was yeah. like, whoa. Like, because I don't know about you, but changing diapers never felt like a burden to me. Because I just, like, yeah. I I don't know. I just, from the moment that he was born, I was like, I will change as many diapers as I need to. Like, I, I was never the mom who was like, oh, I can't wait for diapers to be done. I was just like, I'm just really grateful I get to change diapers. And so, yeah. you know, doing that final diaper, I was like, whoa, this is like a big, big deal. And then seeing his little brain catch on and seeing him go potty and, like, you know, they say it's, like, such a big developmental milestone and really such, like, a sign of, like, growing up. And I'm like, whoa, like, we are really growing up. Like, this is is really happening. And so 
it's been it's been good. I feel like in some ways it's so bonkers that you don't really have the time to process the growing up that's happening. But it's yeah. like happening in real time because they're not wearing diapers anymore and you're just like, okay. But you also like are so busy just watching the potty cues that you just don't have the time to like really think about it. Oh, absolutely. I can't I, – I can't. I was reading uh, the "Oh Crap" book again. Yes, and I, yeah. Because That's you, because you guys inspired me, and I was like, absolutely. I was like, I don't have the mental space for this. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. The idea of like you're just like I'm going catch the pee. Do you know what I mean? I, I know the red solo pee. cup trick. I'm like, what? Listen, yeah. I, I, it's just so good on you because that requires like again hypervigilance, and your body is like, wait a second, are we worried about a pandemic <laughs> or tinkle on the ground? I know, I know. It's crazy. And you just like want to do it right, you know? And you're yes, like, yeah. oh, wow. And so, but it's been really cute because when we, when he first went potty, we, we would say things like, and we still do, but every time he goes pee, we go, give me a hug. I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And so after he pees, he goes, I'm so proud of you. Give me a hug. And then oh, he'll come up cute. and like, give us a hug. <laughs> and oh, so it's, it's the sweetest. Um, but I do feel like it's, I think one thing that it's confronted with me, though, is just how much I disassociate. Mm. And the way that I disassociate is by busyness, mm. whether that's cleaning, watching <laughs> TikTok videos, you know, I just will do anything I can to busy my mind. And with potty training, you can't do that. You have no, to be, be present. present. And so in a yeah. lot of ways, right, in a lot of ways, it's been really good for me because it's made me aware of where I disassociate and really... Mm-hmm kind of forcing me to acknowledge like whoa ash like where are we going you know do yeah. we want to be here or do we want to disassociate and it and i think yeah. that's why i've been extra tired is because for the first time in months i have to slow down and feel things yeah and that takes a lot out of a person you know it does, it does. and so in a lot of ways potty training has been healing too because it's made me yeah be more present and it's made Mm -hmm. me really be present as he's growing up you know it's like this is a really big moment in Silas's life and in our life and I can't distract myself from it because I have to be 100% there and so um it's just really made me aware of the ways that I disassociate and for me it's just busyness yeah well and that's a it's a huge growth thing to one recognize it but then also to be able to do it because it's um that's why we dissociate is to protect ourselves, right? Right. So yeah. you obviously have done a, so much healing to get to a place where you can say, I can do this. It won't feel good all the time, but I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really impressive. I mean, it's a huge yeah. amount of growth. And one that I am not willing to do right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, clearly. <laughs> but I'm serious. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I, know. I, can, I don't have the bandwidth yeah. for it. Like, yeah. you, like, you knew yourself really well to be able to say – Okay, I can do it and we can we can get through it together. Well, and I I will say the first the first day there was like a lot of excitement about party training, right? It was yeah. just like, "Woo, it's happening." The uh-huh. second day, mm-hmm. I have never felt so tired in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a mixture of okay, we're potty training, so that's tiring. But then I was feeling things that I haven't felt yep. or I was being present in a way that takes a lot out of you emotionally because disassociating mm-hmm. felt safe. Going on my Instagram felt safer than being present in a moment. Yeah. And so that second day, I was really struggling. And, yeah. you know, Ryan would look at me and he's like, do you need a break? Because I was just like, I would just sit and just stare into the oblivion sometimes. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, I, laugh. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yes. But then I felt like once I got through that moment and yeah. I could recognize it, it did not happen naturally. It took a lot of, yeah, intentional 
And now I feel like I'm I'm at a different, better place. But I mean, it, and I think that's just the thing about yeah, like about healing is it comes in waves, and it's it's hard, deep work. Like you can tell, mm-hmm. you can tell a mom like enjoy every moment because it goes so fast. And I'm like, do you know the energy it takes to enjoy every moment? Mm-hmm. Like especially if you're healing, like we can't just throw those blanket statements anymore. Like absolutely, yeah. I will never say that to a mom because it takes a lot to be present and to really be a part of a moment when you've endured trauma. And so. Right. Do the best you can, and that's enough. That is right. enough. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Also, advice is a form of nostalgia, right? Like this person, right. Right. Our, our brains only remember 15% of things that happen. So, you know, I can imagine when I'm 45 looking back and wishing that I could go back and relive right. that. But I'm also 45, and I've been sleeping well for like five years <laughs> right. at least straight. Like, absolutely not. Right. It's I think – and the potty training thing is – it could be anything, Right. Mm-hmm. It could be um, solid foods. Yeah, exactly. Going like, to daycare. <laughs> yeah, like oral feeds, like for for tubies, all these different things mm-hmm. that you have to do, like these little milestones that you get through. You know, I. Uh, it's just the same. It it says it's not the same thing over and over again because we get better and we can figure it out, and your life mm-hmm. gets filled up with more things. Um, but it uh you will have tons of opportunities to grow in your healing mm-hmm. that's why that's a good way to say it maybe yeah yeah man well and we sound really tired because we are yeah. <laughs> but i hope to that we communicate that like martha said in the beginning like there is hope like Oh, you yeah. know, sometimes I think we forget to really look at all we've endured and the fact that we're still here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you got up today and that we, like, got dressed, maybe took a shower, like, those are big things in the middle of healing. And yeah, and this time of year is a lot for anybody. And then you come off a big holiday and then you have that big dip of, like, oh, you yeah. know, it's like you're coming. See, it's just this roller coaster. And I think, um, you know, I don't know if you feel this ever, Martha, but – you know, having one child at home, you want to make the holidays extra special because you, you oh, know, yeah. you're like, oh, I only have one child. I got to go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And then you stress yourself out about that. And you're like, and so then you just busy the holidays more when they're already naturally busy. And so it's kind of this like, right. you know, it's, it's constantly checking in with yourself and being like, what is my motive for doing this? Yeah. You know, like why is it because I'm trying to disassociate? Is it because I'm, you know, it, is it grief? Is it anger? Is it just, is it just me trying to get excited? You know, and it's just sometimes right. impossible to decipher between the two, but I think it can be so exhausting because you're just constantly checking in and constantly yeah. oh. trying to figure out what's what. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there's other people's expectations at the holidays. I don't know right. when we talk about that. There's like that whole thing too about right. like, um okay if yeah okay if you're gonna see these people these this family this family and like you said your parents are divorced so there's like 80 christmases Mm -hmm. and then you know how how do you negotiate that and how you plan and then also um we still have covid so (laughs) if somebody no i hear that you're coughing oh you have a fever we're not coming Mm -hmm. we're not coming and it's it is really easy to talk about in our circle because all the nikki moms will be like don't get right yeah you know what i mean (laughs) yeah nobody look at her nobody even look at that baby you know what i mean yep it's really hard when it's your mother-in-law and Mm -hmm. you're sitting at the thanksgiving table and she's like well martha wouldn't do that my mother-in-law's not like that but you know what i mean yeah yep they they put you on the they put you on the the kind of on the affront and they don't give you time to process it and that's that's really hard um Mm -hmm. and i feel like the best advice for that is you know 
make a solid front with you and your partner and your support system too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And don't, and don't be afraid to ask yourself what it is that you want, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, you just, you, you can, you deserve to do the things that make you happy in the holiday season, even mm-hmm. if it's literally sitting at home all day, which is mm-hmm. your, your family too, you know? Um, mm-hmm. like you said, there's so much like stuff to do. I don't know. Like I get, I'm like, okay, well we got to do cookie decorating and we got to go over right. to this person's house. I'm going to go to this and like the zoo has lights. So we got to see the zoo lights. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just, it's so much. Well, and I think last year, you know, I would never wish for the pandemic to be existence, but I think yeah. what it did is it, it really forced a lot of us to slow down and savor the holidays in a different way. And I think it really, it set the bar like a new bar. Like I think Mm -hmm. for the first time, like we didn't, we couldn't rush off to the next thing. We couldn't really go anywhere. It was like, you had to just be home with your family. And did you go a little stir crazy? Absolutely. Like, was there grieving? Cause you didn't maybe get to go do certain things. Of course. But I I would say for us, it was like the most dreamy Christmas. Like we, yeah, we made lattes at home. We ordered in, we like drove around and saw Christmas lights. Like we got Christmas pajamas. Like it yeah. was just, it was just our little thing. And I, I'm like, I, I would be okay with that again. You know, like yeah. obviously we want to see family, but I think it really gives, it gave families permission to really do what they wanted to do and what they feel comfortable with. And I think that was, that was a gift. I don't know. Yeah. I hope we all take that with us as we move through this year too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What is one thing that you're able to do today that you never thought you would be able to do? Like, what is one way that you've grown and healed and now you're able to do that you could have never dreamed? Um, That's a great question. I, let's see, in terms of, you know, JP, I think I talked about it before, but I am able to um, stand up for his memory in ways that I couldn't have imagined before. Right. Mm -hmm. His memory, I am the bearer. Like I am the responsible party for that. And I take it so seriously and I'm not embarrassed Mm -hmm. about it. Like Mm -hmm. I have no shame about that part of it. Um, And I know that that is because I am, I'm stronger and able to, to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you know, there's particular relationships where I've had to do an intense amount of work to do that. And, and I feel really proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, and in terms of JJ, I, I, I jokingly called them my Sylvia Plath days afterwards. She came <laughs> home, right? I was struggling. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a time when I thought to myself, it'll always feel like this. Mm-hmm. I'll never feel, I'll never feel good again. Like I'll never, I'll never feel joy again. But you know, it's it's like you you work hard and you wake up one day and you realize that you're laughing really hard and at a at a joke about farts that Ashley sent you <laughs> and um it didn't that twinge of of anxiety didn't cross your mind it didn't mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. and um you can slowly you're like slowly expanding yourself to be able to do more things that you couldn't do before and one of those things is your Nikki mama, you know, mm-hmm. you know, being able to do that. I have two jobs. You have two jobs. I never thought I'd be able to do that again because mm-hmm. I didn't think I could like write a sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so, and I'm doing like very complex computer stuff that makes me laugh to talk about, honestly, <laughs> if, as my, as my day job. And 
It's like, so I feel really competent. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense. Yeah, but definitely. Those are That's things huge. that I, that I couldn't imagine I would do three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm so sorry. The last one is that I, I was worried I'd never, and I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but I didn't feel bond with JJ, right? Mm-hmm. When, when mm-hmm. I didn't had her, I know that happens a lot with Nikki yeah, moms yeah. because you're, we've undergone medical trauma. You're not going through the normal bonding patterns um, that you do with babies. And I didn't feel the bond. And she and I are like, <laughs> like peas yes, and pot. We are so close together. For better or for worse. Yes, but she are. definitely prefers me. And we snuggle. Mm-hmm. And she tells me she loves me. And she does all these things that were my heart. And I, she brings me to tears because I'm so proud of her and I mm-hmm. love her. I could not have imagined that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because I was I was terrified that our bond would never come, and mm-hmm. it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. those are some of the stuff. My cat just just took a big stretch <laughs> and shook herself out. Those little jingles. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself for buying another cat. <laughs> How about you, Ash? There's like eighty thousand things you could do. Like literally, within one week, you're like, time to start a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's a it's a hard question to answer for yourself because I can like look at you and be like, oh, I'm so proud of you for that. But then you think right. about yourself and you're like, oh yeah, um, man, I think really, you know, prior to having Silas, my like we talked about earlier, my tendency was to disassociate with busyness. Yeah. You know, my parents' divorce was pretty traumatic for me as a child, and so I was just like, I just kind of got into this mode of like work overwork, be busy, your, your accomplishments, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but Silas, you know, really have just having a kid in general really just forces you to like be more present and be in the moment. And so I think, you know, when he, when he first came, it felt very unnatural to not be at that same speed and to like, yes, you yeah. know, your life just goes at a different pace in a really good way. And so I think, like, when he first came home, I was like, I don't know if, like, I'm a good mom because it doesn't feel natural to me. Like, working feels mm-hmm. natural to me. But, you know, just, like, Ryan took a video of me when Silas pooped for the first time. I was like, Ryan, you know, like, because I wanted it to be documented. And, and I heard the way that I talked to him, and I saw mm-hmm. myself in video form mothering him. Mm-hmm. And I just was really proud that I, that I was there in that way. And I think, yeah. like, sometimes, like, when you first become a mom, you love them more than anything. But you're like, am I good at this? Am I a good mom? Mm-hmm. Like, do they like me? Like, <laughs> and I think, like, seeing myself be so excited about his first poop and, like, just hearing my voice. I could hear my love for him and my voice. And it just, like, kind of gave me, like, this little boost of, like, you're a good mom. Like, you know, and we talk about often, like, the shame spirals, especially yeah. being, like, a working mom or having other passions or hobbies outside of just being a mom and you can feel bad sometimes like oh am I a bad person for like pursuing these things but then you hear yourself and you see yourself and it's like no like you're enough and you're still a good mom and Mm -hmm. so I don't know I think the way that mother being a mom feels more natural to me now and I can like recognize the parts in myself that make me a good mom I didn't know if I could do that when I first brought Silas home so I don't know if that makes sense but absolutely I from echoing on that, I am so in awe of how you are constantly um, evaluating and loving on your your new identity mm. as as a mom and as Ashley. Because mm. it's really hard to do. That's really hard. <laughs> and like, who are you in the face of your trauma and your experiences? 
um, and all the things that you do. And it's very cool. I think that you're, you're, it seems very effortless from the outside, <laughs> um, but I know it takes a ton of work and introspection and it's just really cool. Mm. It, it makes me think, and that's what you are. You are a beacon of light to Nikki. So Mother are everywhere. you. <laughs> <laughs> so are you. But no, and I think all of this healing has been made possible because of our friendship and this sisterhood of Dear Nikki Mama and you know, I could not, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I would not be where I am today without you, without the support of this sisterhood, without, I mean, I just like community is everything. Finding safety among other women who get it is everything when you're healing. And so, you know, thank you for being my bestie and my sister for life. Um, and thank you to our listeners here for really just being the sisterhood, being, you know, um, when we did the event, it was hard to just like, I kind of lost it a little bit in the beginning with crying, but it was hard to like mm-hmm. not lose it even more because I just like, and to fathom that like we haven't met in person, you know, like, I know. I'm like, yeah. oh, I feel like I know these moms so deeply and yeah. so well, but, like I've never yeah. hugged them, you know, so I cannot even fathom the day yeah. that we get to do that. But, you know, That's it just cool. really, when I tell people about Dear Nikki Mama, I'm like, I'm passionate about this because of what it's how it's been so instrumental in my life and I know you feel the same exact way and so you know healing is made possible because you feel safe to do so and because others hold space for you to do it and so I'm just so grateful that I have you in my life and that I have this sisterhood to do it with because I, I just know I wouldn't be where I am today without without it so do you remember the when you start crying the stage manager in between was like get it together ladies yeah. I know. I was, I was like, like, excuse me? She's like, shut up, Mark. <laughs> His name wasn't Morgan, but you know. They were great. We loved them. We loved them, but they didn't know what to do with us. They were like, who yeah. are these ladies? They're like normally doing like medical conferences and they were like, what is this event again? It's like the people at the airport that like were really confused what was going on when we hugged Vilma for Vilma, the first time. Right, they were all like, yeah, Whoa. <laughs> oh man, this was really good. I didn't know that I needed to talk about all this stuff. So I'm yeah, really glad same. that this was our episode this week. Yeah, me too. I hope that to the mamas listening, they just are reminded that healing is lifelong. That mm-hmm. no matter if you are celebrating this holiday season, if you're grieving this holiday season, if it's a mix of both, that you were loved just as you are. If you're feeling particularly numb and feeling nothing at all, like Martha said, that can be a sign that you're actually feeling a lot of things. And that takes a lot yeah. of courage. And you are loved and you are enough. And no matter where you are in your healing journey, you are loved and you are enough. Yeah. And so we hope that this episode just affirms that, you know, you will heal. You are healing. And that you have a sisterhood of women to do it alongside with you. So we love you, mamas. We'll be back next week to our regular scheduled programming. But we hope this episode was just a little balm for your week. So we love you guys. And we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. If you loved this episode, we'd be so grateful for a review on any of the podcast platforms. And we'd love to continue connecting with you via our social media pages or our private Facebook group. And ultimately, Nikki Mama, welcome to the sisterhood.